and welcome to this week's episode of let's watch scary movies as always we are your horror hosts i am jenny and i'm caitlin hey there caitlin happy new year happy new year while this is not the first episode of 2023 it is our first time recording together in 2023 and therefore it's it feels brand new it does it feels like we haven't recorded in ages in a year in a year we haven't recorded all year <laughs> we are i suppose we are a couple of weeks into the year yes yeah we took a little bit of a, a break over over christmas and new year you went back uh, to america i did it was lovely and warm and there was daylight there oh yeah <laughs> now you're back here where it's i mean it's gone four o'clock and it's not dark yet so you know I like that this is your measure of like success. Yeah. It's four o'clock and it's not yet dark. To me, it's almost dark. It's like impending darkness. And it's just it's depressing. I can handle the cold. It's no, it's no props. It's the darkness mm -hmm. and the sort of emptiness I feel in my soul. Is that because you haven't seen me in ages? Yes. That's the a different kind of emptiness. <laughs> that's a different kind of hole that's empty. <laughs> Dragging it right back down. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> oh, Jenny. I did miss you for sure. I also have things for you from I have Florida. Things for you. From my mother. She's always like, Do you think Jenny would like this? I'm like, Yes. I love, I love my presence that your mom gets me. She is the best. She, she is. is. She's great for that. So, <laughs> I mean, we have your mom to thank for the, the title of our podcast. That's true. Thanks, mom. Yeah, she bought us matching t-shirts that said, let's watch scary movies. And I'm like, can we just call the, the podcast this? I know we did talk about it in an early episode of the podcast, but we talked about how long it took us to come up with a name because we had brilliant names, yeah. but they were seemingly all taken by podcasts, which no longer are even running yeah. which seems a shame but you know it's i'll say this it is difficult when you're super busy and working to keep up with the podcast so i can Absolutely. sort of understand but we prioritize it we make time for it we do and my res my podcast resolution for this year is to try you know to try to make time out for recording and editing because i have to find time for both but not beat myself up about it if we don't get an episode out every week because we are both very busy you have to travel all around the world for work i have like several different things i'm juggling constantly so yeah you know 100 percent. i mean don't ever give yourself a hard time the podcast is always meant to be for fun exactly and we hope you guys enjoy listening to us for fun and thank you to those of you who have stuck around i know there are i think there's all 12 of you <laughs> all 12 we love you. listeners we love you we we do this for you <laughs> all 12 of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe maybe by the end of the year we can double that so we have like 24 
24 regular listeners. I love you all. I, it doesn't even matter to me, the numbers. You're all invited to my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited to talk about today's film because actually I watched it like three months ago. And I think you watched it in October. I did. I think, yeah, it was October. It just randomly popped. I'd, I'd wanted to see it for ages. Now, I'm a massive Ty West fan. I have been a fan of his ever since I saw um, The House of the Devil, which I believe yes. I made you watch because I don't think yes. you had seen it. No, and I, I loved this sort of like 80s homage that he did. I mean, it felt like it could have been made in the 80s. It wasn't, but it, brilliant. Had Greta Gerwig in it. Amazing. So yeah, I have also seen The Innkeepers, The Sacrament, and now X. So, yeah, I'm a fan. I like some films more than others, but I mean, I'm always kind of interested to see what he's going to do. And I think this is the best. This is my favorite out of all of them. Closely yeah. tied with House of the Devil, but I think this one takes the edge. I've seen, I've only seen House of the Devil, which you told me to watch and I really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen the innkeepers the innkeepers is kind of a ghost story which i do think you would really enjoy i don't think it's super scary mm -hmm. um in the way that some of his other films are um mm -hmm. but it's a great story well told i mean he just i really like his okay you can clearly see that he's referencing other films in in all of his films, even in yep. House of the Devil, there are clear, like I said, it's an homage to like 80s horror that has to do with the devil, like satanic panic of the 80s. So, I mean, but I think he does it in a way that's quite refreshing and original, even mm -hmm. though he's clearly referential. Um, and I think that's hard to do. So it is. Yeah. It's, it's it's hard to show kind of your like to do a, a homage without being just a copy completely and yeah yeah i think he absolutely nails that especially in this film i only watched it last night so it's quite funny that you watched it a few months ago i so it's you know a few months in i watched it last night so it's super fresh for me um and the whole time we were watching it last night andy was like oh this reminds me of like the evil dead this reminds me of friday the 13th this reminds me of, like texas chainsaw massacre and i remember you were like you have to watch it it's like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with porn. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes. <laughs> That's pretty much the perfect uh, summary of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre references to me were the most obvious. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about Evil Dead. I mean, I guess, I mean, they're out in a barn rather than a cab. Okay. I can see that too. I mean, even what was the film about the alligator uh, who killed people from like the eighties or the seventies as well. Yeah, it um, might even have been called alligator. I can't remember, but yeah, um, that's what I mean, just, yeah, there were, there was lots of that, but Texas Chainsaw was the main one for me. And I know that's one of your favorite horror films. That's why I was like, you've got to watch this movie. Yeah. And also just even the porn scenes, the way that they're done, I'm just, the, I'm a fan. Way, everything in this, the way like everything was cut, the way that he creates, jump scared just from the way that he cut scenes together rather than something like happening like yeah it was very very clever the whole I think way this, this film was constructed it's like peak ty west yeah. definitely because he's kind of hinted at stuff like that in other films like having split screens or whatever yeah but this i feel like he really went full full tilt yeah. in it and it worked i mean this is probably one of my favorite horror films that i've seen in the last I don't know, 
year or two probably just mm -hmm. new one of a newer horror movie that yes yeah, so it's a it's a 2022 film so it came out last year was it 2022 it's... okay yeah that's what i've got oh it's 420 oh good for you <laughs> happy 420 everybody happy 420 <laughs> for you <laughs> um okay well you know yeah. the spoiler free the spoiler free review as jenny just said the summary really is texas chainsaw massacre but with porn <laughs> and technically no chainsaws but sure yeah it's also no chainsaws but i mean inventive kills it, it's it's a slasher film i think is like the actual subgenre yeah, yeah. of it I, I would definitely class it in like slasher genre basically the spoiler free synopsis is that it's set in the late 70s i think it's like 79 and they are, there's a group of people they hire this like boarding house on a farm in rural texas to shoot a porno the and farmer's daughter <laughs> the farmer's daughters yeah and the the farm is owned by a very elderly couple who aren't what they seem i guess and they disapprove of the uh of the goings on to say the least yeah well it's funny because on a level it's like they disapprove but on another level there's almost some jealousy I, mm -hmm. yeah i'll save that but um but yes i think that is a very apt uh, description yes. and then it's sort of like what ensues thereafter and mm -hmm. it's sort of framed in the opening and the closing by police who rock up to the barn and find this footage and they're basically yeah, so like I, yeah yeah and so that they i loved that framing of it as well yeah so you have the, the film opens with like this um police sheriff pulling up and there's like there's you know there's a sheet covering something covered in blood he looks you know we don't see who or what's under it but he looks it and then you see him walking into the house and there's like a trail of blood all up this porch he goes in and the TV's on and it's like a there's like a black and white TV show of like a preacher on the TV and then another police officer comes in. It's like sheriff, you've got to see this. They go down to the cellar. You don't see what they see, but you know it's bad. And they're like, oh shit. And then yeah, then we kind of go to like 24 hours earlier. And then at the end of the film, it said they find this footage. And I loved those scenes, especially the last one. Especially like that sheriff was brilliant. I did wonder no. how how. Uh, realistic it was to have a black sheriff in 1970s rural texas but you know you got to check that diversity checkbox yeah. somewhere <laughs> yeah so i think that's a pretty good spoiler review well i mean uh, so i will say my stars mm -hmm. i just can't believe i just called it stars <laughs> we've never done that um i gave it four and a half out of five so when i watched it last night I gave it five out of five. I am, however, having thought about some things, I am reducing it slightly. Um, and I'll explain why later. I'm going to reduce it to a four. Okay. Interesting. And I definitely have some questions for you about certain things that I wanted to sort of explore a little bit further. Because um, there were a couple elements I feel like the director uh, touched on, but didn't delve deep enough into and kind of left you uh, wondering, mm -hmm. uh, which as we say is okay sometimes, sometimes you prefer it, but yeah, not a perfect film, hence four and a half, but extremely good and highly entertaining and also scary. Yeah, 
I I I loved it. I really, really did. And you know, I text I text my friend Sam straight away. I was like, you need to watch this. I'm like, bunch of bunch of hot people go out into you know to a rural rural Texas to shoot a porno. Elderly couple disapprove. Shenanigans ensue. And <laughs> she's like, I'm in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, it has an amazing cast. So the kind of main character, I guess. Um, well, two of the main characters is played by Mia Goth, who plays Maxine. She's one of the girls in, she's like a stripper and she's in the porno. We've got General Tega, who obviously is now super famous for playing Wednesday in the Wednesday series. Brittany Snow, who was one of my favourite characters in this film, who is from Pitch Perfect. I love Pitch her. Too. And she, yeah, she was brilliant in this. Also, <laughs> shout out Brittany Snow, because she's from Tampa, Florida. Yes. Girl. Oh, really? Yeah. okay and she's been in quite a few horror movies at this point as well uh, yeah let's have a look yeah so she's there was would one you rather... yeah would you rather um... um wasn't she in like prom night the remake the remake um yeah she was 2008 prom night mm -hmm. john tucker must die <laughs> yeah no she's brilliant i love her yeah. Are you looking at her Wikipedia? She is from Tampa, isn't she? No, I was looking at um her IMDb. She is very, very oh, and she's a year younger than me. But yeah, she's amazing in this film. She was my favorite. Yes. And Mia Goth, I really love her too. She is excellent in everything she's in. And standout for me was when they remade the movie Emma, which was a million years ago, Gwyneth Paltrow movie. And then they remade it with Anya Taylor-Joy, which yes. as you know, if you listen to this podcast with any regularity, we are huge Anya Taylor-Joy fans. So yeah. she plays the lead of Emma and Mia Goth plays her sort of like naive, hapless friend. And Mia Goth nails that role. I mean, I mean, they both do. But if you haven't seen Emma, completely off topic as it not a horror movie at all but this is a very like frothy light you know fantastic i love it recommend that i can't remember if in the she was in the remake of suspiria yes that's what i was trying to think of yes mm. that's the more recent one yeah anyway yeah excellent cast really really recommend it if you like ty west even if you don't like ty west if you like texas chainsaw massacre or if you just enjoy a good sort of a little bit more elevated slasher than most yeah definitely check out x yeah this, this is a reason that this film has topped many of the horror film you know top horror films of 2022 it is very very good all right shall we get into it because i can't stand it anymore yeah let's get into it now it's time for a breakdown so as jenny just explained in this sort of spoiler free um opening it starts out with uh, a police officer and so you're kind of left at the very beginning, you can see all the blood. And so you just kind of think, oh God, what, where are we going with this? What sort of crazy ride am I in for? And then it, of course it flashes to the 24 hours earlier. It's 1979, Houston, Texas. Like the scene is completely set, which I really appreciate. Um, and it's, we, we go right in with some blow usage, which seems very, you know, fitting for 1979. <laughs> So here we've got Mia Goth, a.k.a. Maxine, doing blow. And then in walks Wayne, who is like the producer, maybe? He, he's the owner of the strip club that they're in. Yes. And he, yeah, and he's like the one who's producing the film, basically. It's his idea. He's producing it. He's, I think he's funding it. 
And yeah, it, well, so he's and, got this idea that they want to do porn like direct to home video. Like this is a whole brand new idea. And I really yeah. love it because it's so funny to listen to him. He's like, this is the next thing, baby. People want to watch what they want to watch in the comfort of their own homes. And I'm thinking, yeah, hundred percent. Think yeah, about yeah. like before that people had to go to the movie theater to jerk off. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> So he's on to something here. But anyway, then they, they get into a van, which I thought it was hysterical that the side of the van said plowing van. Yeah, it says plowing service. Or and plowing it's amazing. Service. I, I yeah. want that van. But already <laughs> we've had some like really, really, you know, we're only like, a, what, three, four minutes into the film. And we've already had some really clever shots. Dots, so the, yeah. the very beginning of the film, like when you see the police car pulling up outside this house, like you're looking at it from very low down, like through the grass, like from a distance, and you kind of don't really know what it is you're focusing on at first. And the screen is, you know, oh, I've forgotten what the perspective is. And then as the police car pulls up, the screen widens to widescreen. So already it's like we're we start off very nostalgic for like the 70s the way it's set up and then oh i know of... what you mean it's like that eight millimeter shot yeah. kind of like i don't know that that's actually what it's called either but it's that sort of yeah where you, the, the sides of the screen are black yes yeah. yeah. and then and then it spreads out to like widescreen because yeah so and we in the same kind of thing happens when we're um looking yeah like you see maxine in the, in the club and as she walks out like the way that it's shot like you see this strip club which is all painted but it's in a very like you see it from really far away and you see them walking out and just the way that all of these shots are set up are just really really nice well he also sort of flips between very clear 2022 you know quality and sort of grainy yep 70s porn quality i mean it yep. really gives you all those feelings <laughs> not that i've watched a lot of 70s porn but you know really no i mean i have not watched a plethora of it no <laughs> i'm familiar was... with I'm familiar with debbie does dallas like we all yeah. are but... <laughs> isn't that the one that they that he talks about he's like if we make half the money that debbie does dallas makes i'll be happy <laughs> i think it is yeah but i would also like to say here that the music choices while sometimes a little too on the nose for me i did have i have to say i absolutely love like 90 percent of them they yeah. got in two loretta lynn songs like i'm sold that's it you know i'm like a crazy loretta fan so yeah i mean they threw in mungo jerry stevie nicks um, oh yeah we, we had we had a full-on like fleetwood mac sing-along that had me in tears oh, yeah. at one point i know thank you britney snow with your beautiful voice yeah it's perfect but i mean yeah the soundtrack i'm trying because i wrote a few of them down at this, this point when they're walking out so at this point, we kind of meet meet the cast of, of this porno. So we've got Wayne, who's the um, the producer. He owns a strip club, and he is Maxine's boyfriend. And we find out later on that he was married, but he's left his wife for Maxine because she's got the X Factor. She's it. She's a star. Yeah. We meet Bobby Lynn. Who, love her love her yeah, that's Britney that's britney snow then you've got jackson hole which i absolutely love that name which yep. if you're not familiar for the uk readers jackson hole is a city in wyoming <laughs> but i just love that that's his porn name <laughs> so you've got jackson hole is like the hot black stud you might say yeah the he's film. the star of he's the star of the film he definitely is the only one doing any fucking pretty much mm -hmm. but then you've got rj who's the camera guy and then his girlfriend lorraine who 
as you said earlier, is played by Jenna Ortega. So yeah. it's like a very small cast, quite compact. And I appreciated that because something that I think Ty West did very well in this film that many slashers do not is he gave you proper character development. Yeah. I mean, you there was a whole, not just the porn story, because the parallel of that is absolutely brilliant as well. But the fact that these people have dreams and aspirations and opinions and some of the dialogue was just really it was giving me like tarantino-esque like yep. the devil's in the details kind of thing you know yeah we both me and andy were saying last night it was giving us like really strong tarantino vibe yeah oh did andy like it yes yeah, yeah. i'm always curious andy's review <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has to watch them with me <laughs> i know so yeah you meet you meet the whole cast and they all they all pile into the plowing van <laughs> and straight away i wrote in my notes right here that i'm just getting ch texas chainsaw like the the shot from inside the van is very texas chainsaw massacre and then of course they stop at a gas station because what horror film is complete if you don't stop at the gas station and it has so, to be like a really skanky like really rickety, grim, rural yeah. with yeah. some sort of judgy gas station attendant judgy, yeah judgy redneck <laughs> until yes so they stop at the gas station and you get this sort of very jesusy preacher going on and on on the tv it's the same um, one that we see at the very beginning on the screen in uh on the tv in the house where the sheriff goes it is kind of a recurring theme throughout which you find out why because even on the t on the radio, rather, like at one point in the van, they're flipping channels, and you can and you can hear this preacher. So, yeah. anyways, so they stop at the gas station, and Maxine and Wayne have this kind of conversation where she's saying, "Like, I deserve everything. I want yeah. it all." And he's kind of saying, "Yes, you do. You do, yeah, and you're going to be a star." She's saying, "Like, you know, like I'm a I'm a sex symbol. She's like, I need to be famous, Wayne. I need the whole world to know my name." And she keeps saying something about... Oh, she says, I'm not going to accept anything less than what I deserve. Yes. I need to be famous, Wayne. I need the whole world to know my name. <laughs> anyway, they buy stuff, including cigarettes, get back in the van, and they're driving towards the barn. And they come across a traffic jam. So you get this great shot, and I've just got my notes just say cows, sinister cows, because it's just this shot of like all of these cows. And the way that the shots are kind of set up, you know, you just have like, it just feels really normal. And then suddenly there'll be like a flash. And this happens throughout the film where you get like a sudden flash and then another sudden flash. And then it moves on to the scene. So it's like you get like flash, flash, and then it transitions into the whatever it is that we were getting the flashes of. So you get the cows. And yeah, basically a cow's been hit by a truck and exploded. And as they're driving, you know, they're having to like, drive slowly because there's a policeman move directing around the uh, truck. And Maxine looks and she kind of gags and vomits. And she's like, I hate blood and guts. Um, two things to notice. One, the cop is the same as the mm -hmm. one at the beginning and end. Two, those tires going through guts are a total foreshadowing. Yep. There is a lot of foreshadowing in this film. There is. I really yeah. appreciate I love that. They're like little, they're not even Easter eggs. They're not even that clever. I just really love them. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like the second time through um, yep. as I was watching it. But yeah, so finally they arrive at the farmhouse and straight away the old man who lives there greets them by pointing a rifle at them. 
yeah so wayne i love this but i've just got written down i love bobby lynn because they pull up to the <laughs> they pull up to the farmhouse and wayne's like we're here and she's like finally i'm so horny yeah. and she just wants to she's like when can i have sex when can i fuck <laughs> i love her and like you can see like they call um lorraine so the general taker character she's very quiet and maxine's already said like oh i don't like RJ's is it RJ? Yeah, I don't like RJ. I don't like his girlfriend. She doesn't say anything. All she does is stare. Um, and they call her Church Mouse because she doesn't really speak. And she clearly doesn't really approve. And she, I think she's already said to RJ in the band, she's like, I don't approve like, why are we doing this? Like when I said I'd help you, this isn't what I meant. And RJ um, is convinced that he's making like some sort of artistic yeah he's like porn oh can be porn can be you know well shot or something like that yeah, which like, sure oh, it I can be i want to make he's like i want to make this like i want to change the world how the world views this like i can make a beautiful like avant-garde porno we're gonna change the world and she's just like yeah it's just tits and ass um, but she's yeah. yeah i really quite like her um and yeah so wayne goes to the house is greeted by Howard, yes, the old man who points a gun at him, said, "Are you from the county?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "I can shoot you if you're on my property." Yeah, and Wayne's like, "No, no." And we also get a bit of foreshadowing here because he's pointing the rifle at him, um, and we see because Maxine notices that something's wrong. They're also in the van, and she's like, "Something's wrong." So they open the glove compartment, and I think it's um. Oh, what's his name? Jackson. Jackson Holes. <laughs> um, he pulls out, there's like a pistol, like a little gun, and, and they grab the gun just in case. And eventually, Howard, Wayne convinces Howard, no, 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 I spoke to you on the phone. We've come to rent the boarding house. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. You know, I remember now. You can't be too sure. Like, it's not even loaded. All I have to do is wave it around. And Wayne's like, yeah, I've got one like that in the, in the, in the van. Well, and yeah. you notice while this is happening that a woman yep. is watching from the window. There's just this sort of a quick shot of it, but you do, I think Maxine yeah, notices Maxine it. Maxine notices or... it. It's like, she feels like, feels eyes on her. She looks up and yeah, there's like a, an old lady watching her from the window. And you get these really great sounds of kind of farm sounds, I guess, you get the crickets and things. But there's also these really low, like distorted sounds. So already you know that this isn't safe. Like it doesn't feel safe here. They're, they're in danger just like everything seems kind of off yeah they're you're right it's sort of an unsettling feeling and i think what the director does really well with the characters and it's testament to the acting as well is that they it gives you this unsettling feeling but then it draws you into this kind of false sense of security because there is a lot of banter and a lot of kind of positivity between the characters and once howard leaves you're kind of back to that feeling like okay porn business as usual yeah because as soon as he goes they start filming basically yep. bobby joe and jackson hole start their first scene oh they are like the sex scenes whenever they're filming the porn scenes in this but especially the, like the ones with bobby lynn and jackson holes they are hilarious they were just they were so well done but they were so funny um and I mean, Just, it's pretty tasteful as well for those of you who maybe didn't watch the film and you're delving into the spoilers anyway. Like, just to say, it's fairly tastefully done. Yes, it's like 70s porn, but the way that the director has shot these scenes is not overtly graphic or strictly for the male gaze. I didn't get any of that. And I, yeah. I appreciated that. 
and yeah it's 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 just really funny because like I said it changes to like this like 70s film <laughs> like big flashes so you get kind of them and you can see at first you think that like Lorraine's like doing you know helping helping RJ film and she's watching and it's like is she disapproving is she like what she's very kind of I don't know she's kind of hard to read and she's holding she's on sound so she's yeah. holding like the boom <laughs> above her head and just sort of like making uh. these yeah, making these <laughs> facial uh like expressions yeah but you get these really amazing shots and it's really funny as well because rj is trying to direct them and he's like yeah now now flip her over and do this and jackson's like hey how about i do the screwing and you do the you filming, do the filming. <laughs> yeah it was brilliant uh, but while that's going on maxine decides to go for a wander because her it's not time for her scene yet yeah so off she goes and wearing she... nothing but a pair of dungarees with nothing underneath yes I love. great work. Uh, and cowboy boots mm -hmm. total vibe so yeah she's wandering around and decides to go is this where she gets in the lake yes yep. so she it, yeah so she finds a dock on a lake and she gets in naked and starts yep. swimming and you notice that while this is happening that the old lady that was peeping from the window earlier has followed her she's kind of stalking her a little bit yeah because you also get like just before this or while this is happening you get this shot of the the people fucking on the bed but through the window so it's like someone's watching them you yeah point of view shot and you don't know if this is maxine but when she's on her walk you don't know if it's the old lady whose name's pearl you don't know if this is just what we're watching if we're like giving getting our own glimpse like po like point of view shot you don't really know who it is but then now yeah, you see pearl the old lady watching her as she's standing on the dock and then yeah she gets you see her dipping her feet in the water and then next thing you get amazing amazing shots of like the rest of the shots pretty much of her in the lake are either extreme close-ups of her face maxine's face or they're like taken from really high up like drone shots like you can see the whole lake oh, around yeah. her yeah. and it's and even all of this the way even though it's beautiful and it is beautiful it is it's very unsettling very. one you know the old lady's watching and you're not exactly sure why she doesn't pose an immediate threat but the whole thing is very disturbing and mm -hmm. then and this part to me was just like, let's go bonkers. Why not? There's a gator in the water that you can kind of see, uh, who's also stalking Maxine a mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. So we get a real, again, we get like, you see her from above floating naked in the middle of this lake. And then we get extreme close ups of her face. And she has this like amazing blue eyeshadow on. So we get these amazing close up, like extreme close ups of her face. Oh, and, and then she's got like freckles, almost like a birthmark, like across yeah. her cheeks and at her upper eyes. I wouldn't even say it's freckles. I'm not sure what it is. It is like a birthmark, I think. Yeah. But yeah, and she's like, and then you get this extreme close up of like a gator's eye, a gator, and you see it like blinking. And then you go back to this like extreme high shot of her, and she's swimming slowly back to the dock. And you can see she's completely unaware, but from coming up from behind her is this gator. And it's stalking her and it's coming and coming and coming and getting closer and closer and she's completely oblivious and then you get the shot of her like pushing herself out of the lake, the lake. onto the dock and gator kind of is just like the camera's right up to her back and then it's gone now i did wonder what is the point of this and even later you don't i don't think really kind of find out but i just wrote what is the point of this but i didn't really care 
because uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so obviously it gives you that kind of she's being stalked and is unaware. There's something watching her that's dangerous, you know, approaching her. Like, but also the gators kind of come into it later on as well. Yes, sort of, but we can talk about that yeah. because it, I have questions about that as well. But yeah. but yeah, so, so while this is still happening, we're going back and Bobby and Jackson have finished their scene. And this is so funny. Like Bobby has like basically come all up her back and she wipes it off with a cloth and throws it over her shoulder and it hits Lorraine. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, sorry, honey. <laughs> it's like Lorraine's initiation into the poor yeah. world. You have to be baptized with like a comrade. Yeah. A baptism of jizz. But yeah, as I, Maxine, as Maxine is exiting the lake and walking back towards the barn house, you see Pearl, and Pearl sort of beckons her over to the main house. So there's basically the little barn house. What were you calling it earlier? The boarding house, boarding house. where they're staying, which is separate from the main house. And I'd say there may be, I don't know. I'm not good with distances. Not very far away. Like a few minutes walk away. But yeah. yeah. And so Pearl is beckoning her over to the main house. And so Maxine goes in and Pearl offers her a lemonade, um, which Maxine chugs. And I was immediately like, girl, hold up. You don't even know what's in that. I don't know. I've seen too many movies maybe. But yeah. anyway, and the old lady kind of starts showing her photos, like wedding photos. And yeah. So when she's like, goes into the house and is like lemonade the scenes are cut so we see like you know a few seconds of maxine with pearl and then we flash to the farmer's daughter because they're, they're now filming the plot parts um of bobby lynn and her little white dress and jackson like knocks on the door excuse me ma'am i broke down down the road can i you know can i borrow, can I borrow your, phone? your telephone She's like, yeah. oh we don't have a phone but my, you know daddy will be home soon and he can drive you to town and um, why but they're come sitting, in for some lemonade? Exactly. Yeah. They're sitting <laughs> at a table together having lemonade. So it's flashing. And again, with that sort of smaller, grainy cut screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, flashing back back and forth between the two lemonade scenes. The the porno scene is very kind of brightly lit. It's like very warm and they're all like smiley. And then the scenes with like Maxine and Pearl, it's very dark and it's really dingy in the house. And yeah, she's and Maxine's super awkward. Pearl's not saying anything. And the thing is, like, Pearl is these old people are like super old. <laughs> like they, you know, it's all very and this is one of the things I want to talk about later on in regards to like these characters. You know, she looks like a, a walking corpse, Pearl. Yeah, she like you said, she takes Maxine to look at these pictures and she's talking about how, you know, she's been married to Howard since the, the first war or something. And, you know, she's like, show, and you see pictures of her as like, a, like dancing, like she's a dancer. And I can't really remember what she's saying, but it's, you know, very much a case of it's sad that her life has not maybe been everything she wanted it to be and then we hear a car pull up and it, it's Howard and she's like oh you need to oh and Maxine she touches Maxine's skin because Maxine's yeah, like so what, while she's talking about this yeah. she reaches out and touches her like on her side of her abdomen yeah. and Maxine's like whoa what are you doing yeah and then the car pulls up and yeah. she's like let's just keep this our secret you better go <sighs> you should go it'll be our secret and Maxine's like what will and she's like go so yeah she uh she she just runs off and she runs back to the barn and and Wayne's like where and you can see she's like visibly shaken, you know so she's very unsettled by this kind of interaction with Pearl. So she she immediately bumps into Wayne and Wayne's like where the fuck have you been? It's your turn, time yeah. to go. 
Yep. So first things first, let me do a bumper blow before my big scene, because you know. Yeah, she just seemed to have just like vials and vials of cocaine. <laughs> and that vial of cocaine is like chock full. Yeah. Um, and so the, it's time for her part. And and yeah. while she's getting ready, you kind of flash over to Pearl, who's brushing her hair in front of a mirror. And I don't know why, but I found this very simple action overwhelmingly sad yep. and almost distressing and and creepy there was a lot of there was a lot of um these scenes with with pearl especially the ones like you said in front of her dresser that i found overwhelmingly sad um yeah. and distressing and yeah i have like a like I said, i've got a whole thing like issue with some of this that i want to talk about later on um but yeah so then we have maxine scene and she's basically supposed to be like milking a cow so they put she's like they sneak into the barn and like one of them's on lookout to make sure that like howard doesn't see them um in the barn because obviously they don't have permission to be shooting a porno <laughs> at yeah. this farm lorraine even says earlier on she's like they don't know what we're doing here do they and he's like nope <laughs> let's nope. keep it that way yeah so they, like she has like a pail she's there in just her dungarees and like a little bandana on her head and um bobby lynn just pours like some milk out of a carton into the thing and yeah so we have uh jackson holes comes in and he's like look oh i were looking for i'm looking for your dad and she's like oh you've met my sister yeah, she's always jealous because I'm younger and I get all the attention and she's like swaying around with this bucket. Um, and then she's he's like, oh, um, I need to meet, I need to find your father. And she's like, oh no, we can't disturb daddy. You wouldn't like daddy when he's angry. <laughs> and then they get to fuck him. Oh no, he's like, her... she's like, I can give you a ride. <laughs> <laughs> and then she proceeds to ride him actually. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of sort of extremely loud and strange sex noises happening here. Maybe that's what becomes Maxine's like claim to fame. But I actually really loved this scene because it was sort of seeing Maxine like fully unbridled um, and he, everybody's watching and everyone's kind of riveted by this yeah. performance. Yeah. And this scene is intercut with scenes of Pearl putting yeah. blue eyeshadow on her creepy dolls and herself and herself it's yeah. all very disturbing yeah but she does eventually i think hear the noises and she comes down to spy on yeah well we don't we don't really sit we don't it's never really clear if she's actually there or not because obviously you see her in the house and she's putting on like makeup and things and then yeah we've got and it keeps cutting back to maxine and Maxine's like giving this amazing performance and she's like looking up into the air and we're like looking at, down on her. Um, and it's an amazing point of view because it's not, it didn't feel like voyeuristic in like a, a sexual way. It didn't feel like we were watching her body or anything like that. Like you said, it felt very much like we were watching her really in her element, you know, becoming like, like showing her X factor, I guess you could say like, yeah, I love, I exactly. love but then yes. we go to, and then you said, like you said, that she's like look, almost like looking back over her shoulder while she's riding him to like where the window is, and then we see Pearl outside. But then it's like so, like Maxine's looking at her, but I'm not actually sure she is really that. And then it changes, and it's Pearl for a flash. It's mm -hmm. like Pearl is naked riding, like she's Maxine. She's the one that's like riding Jackson, and then okay, it flashes so away again. 
It does. And it is very quick. But I guess because of events that follow this scene, it's I am of the opinion that she did come and spy through the window. Yeah, I think she did. But then it's the fact that in the scene, it looks like, you know, Maxine was looking out the window, but she definitely didn't see her because she would have said like, oh, my God, they're out there. For so sure. I it, it's it's very well it's left kind of vague, which I quite liked, because it's like is Pearl imagining that she like has this, you know, Pearl's watching and she kind of creates this link with Maxine, like, oh, we had this eye contact while she was really like in this moment. Or, you know, did that happen? Did it not happen? Yeah. I, I really like I think I think Maxine was fant- or sorry, Pearl was fantasizing yeah. that she was Maxine in this scene, hence the sort of you know twin yeah look yeah. where she emulates almost what uh maxine is doing yeah. um yeah so i think even if it was like for a moment or maybe you're right and she wasn't actually there but she's up in her room fantasizing yes. about yes. her which is also a possibility but Especially yeah what i mean next yes so, so the next scene uh, is really another one that i found really really sad so basically pearl comes down to howard and she's like dressed up in like a like this blue dress i think she's wearing something like that's different to her kind of white now nightgown you mostly see her in and she comes up to him and she's like all dressed up and she basically you know she's like wants him to look at her well i think she, she was aroused by what yeah and she wants to have sex with her husband but and, she's kind of trying yeah. to seduce him in a way and he pushes her away and he's like no my heart can't take it and walks off and you can see that she's really upset by this. Like, I don't think he was mean. No, um, but I think like it was just, just to yeah, be clear. But he definitely rebuffs her yeah. uh, advances, and she is devastated by this. I yeah. think she's really hurt, and I think clearly she's missing and craving physical affection. Mm-hmm. At this point in the film, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of wondering because I knew nothing going into this film. So at this point, I'm kind of wondering like what's going on like when when do people die or who you know what's when does the horror begin mm-hmm. really you know um but yeah so she then you see a record spinning and here we get some loretta lynn and i would just like to say i would like it to go on record as saying loretta lynn is one of the best country music artists to have ever come out of like the grand Ole opry if you are not familiar with loretta lynn i implore you to go and listen to it right now loretta lynn is a legend and I love her. She is the original coal miner's daughter. And so they play a song here by Loretta Lynn called Act Naturally, which is about acting naturally for the camera because they're going to be a movie star, which yep. is, again, a little too on the nose, but I couldn't help but love it because it's Loretta. It, it was good. And we have this incredible conversation where basically they're all sitting around, to, you know, happier after a good day of fucking and filming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they... They're like sat there and they're like talking and Lorraine's just staring at Maxine and Maxine's like, look, have you got something to say? And she's like, well, actually, like, she's like, I, I do. And she says to Wayne, she's like, does it not bother you that, you know, your girlfriend was having sex with, with Jackson? And he's like, no, it's just business. And then like Bobby Lynn and Maxine start talking to Lorraine about like, look, it's just sex. They're like, one day we won't be able to do this. We'll be too old. You know, we're young, we're hot, we're horny you know there's a different and she's like well what about love do you not believe in love and so yeah of course we believe in love but love and sex aren't the same thing and they're talking about you know 
I, I just really I thought it was a really really nice conversation like it was it is great dialogue this is yeah. one of those times that I was getting sort of that Tarantino-esque feeling because the dialogue just flows so naturally and it's very um realistic and they're just sort of talking about how yeah it's just sex it's just business versus love and yeah. sort of Maxine goes on to say like she's just gonna do what she wants yeah essentially yeah and, <laughs> and then, um, we have, then we have my the bit that made me cry where Jackson gets the guitar out and he starts playing wait you're like, missing you're missing the best line what's the best Brittany, line Britney Snow says it's all disco yes, <laughs> I like, she does. I'm stealing that line it really is just all disco <laughs> it is just all disco <laughs> then then we but have yes, Jackson now it's gets time the guitar out sing along, sing along yeah. time and we have you can't have her in a film without getting her to sing so they have Jackson playing with acoustic guitar playing landslide by Fleetwood Mac which is one of my favorites and she sings and it's just a really beautiful what's really sad about this part as well which is probably why i got super emotional is that we have you know them singing this song about you know children get older and i'm getting older too which again quite on the nose but it's a good song so i don't mind um intercut with scenes of pearl wiping off her makeup um after being rebuffed by her husband and and getting kind of you see her pulling her nightgown over her her back all her skin's like sagging and wrinkled and yeah it's 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 just very very sad she just she just wants to be loved and yeah. wanted like she everyone wants to feel and, young I, again. And, I, and i think that's what is so brilliant and different about this film is that he gets you to sympathize with the killer mm -hmm. i mean you feel for her and you feel sad for her and you think about your own humanity and you think about how you know you, how we're all getting older and particularly as a woman how how transactional our looks are in terms of our value and i think that's the most devastating part of it all yes everybody gets old but it's almost twice as bad for women yeah and so yeah i have to say just hats off to ty west to get me to feel moved by this woman and and what she's going through so after we've had the sing-along uh lorraine expresses that she would like to be in the film yep she's she's yeah. like i'm young this is it this is my chance this is going to be a big hit i want in i want to yep. be in it and i and love the course, fact that her, rj is like no oh yeah like talk about double standards and like misogyny times a thousand so rj starts to get pissed off but they get ready to film Lorraine. And I did think that the music was really great here because it added a lot of tension. You kind of weren't sure where it was going to go. And again, if you're going in, like knowing nothing, I almost thought for a second that maybe RJ was the one that was going to like become unhinged and go nuts, you know? Yep. I also thought this was a brilliant part because when Lorraine is getting undressed, did you notice her underwear? No. Well, she's wearing panties that say Sunday and this just made me laugh because it probably it maybe it was a, when harry met sally reference but when sally first meets harry and they go to the restaurant and she's talking about these days of the week underpants and how her ex-boyfriend was all jealous because sunday where was sunday and she was like oh they don't make sunday because of god so <laughs> i just thought i don't know if it's a reference to that but the fact that it was sunday and those are for God, and she's meant to be, they call her church mouse, so I just thought this was Yeah, and, and nice. you have the scene, as she's getting um, undressed, she takes off, she's wearing like a crucifix, and she takes it off. Yes, I forgot about that. Yes, yeah. so true. 
And so you see, you see some of the filming here, and I thought not that really. It, I thought, but were, not much. No, like you never see like the others. You see like you know, you see tits and things. You don't see anything. You only see General Tager from the back in her underwear. Um, she, yeah, like Lorraine. I think she. You kind of see her like going to get on top of him, and RJ coming in with the camera, just looking like absolutely devastated. Um. But yeah. So wait, did he actually film it? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he filmed he did, it. Yeah, um, yeah. So what guy doesn't want to film their girlfriend banging another guy? Exactly. So then we have this. Do we see? We see kind of Pearl wake up in bed, and RJ is in the shower and he's crying. Like he's <laughs> I don't know why he's crying. He's having a full crisis. Yeah, he's full on crying. He's full on and, crying. And actually, to go back to something you said earlier, there's a brilliant shot here that is a full overhead shower shot of him yeah. like cowering in the shower and crying. But I love this because think about it. Like, how often do you see that? Well, as a male, yeah, doing it, hundred percent. I completely agree. I was thinking that, like, usually it's the female that's cowering in the shower and crying yeah. because she's been assaulted or something's exactly. happened. And actually, this is all about his male ego. Like, yeah. this is how devastated he is because of his ego. Nothing's physically happened to him, nope. but all ego, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. So, yeah, I just the, again with the overhead shots, I think he uses them well, as in Ty West uses them well. He uses them more in this film than others, but there's still sparing and they really really work they really um, so then rj decides well fuck you like let's yep. see how far you get without me i'm he's like you here. can have her you can have her like like he gets to give her away right like, like she belongs to you yeah. yeah well that's probably very standard 1979 like male mentality but yeah anyway so he gets in the car to leave and what song is playing jenny i mean what other song could it be <laughs> it's don't fear the reaper oh it is yes yes Again, boop. I keep touching my nose every yeah, time the song is, comes it, on. Um, but again, uh, I, I sort of like that tongue in cheek. Like yeah. it almost makes it a little campy, like the music choices. And because all the songs are so genuinely good, it doesn't bother me. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It was just, <laughs> They're just really uh, obvious. Yeah. yeah, And by this point, we're probably like, what, like 45 minutes, maybe 50 minutes? I was going to say, film? if I'm going by my notes, I mean, you're up, like about halfway through the film at this yeah. point, and no one's died, and you are I know I was kind of like, I mean, I'm loving the film. I don't even care that no one's died yet, but I am sort of wondering, like, okay, <laughs> other than some unsettling sort of, you know, sad for Pearl kind of moments, what's going on? So, well, we're about to find out. So RJ sees, as he's trying to exit the farm area, he sees Pearl kind of wander into the path. And so he he slams on the brakes and he's like, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am, are you, are you okay? And she's just sort of shuffling in the road and silent and, and her head is down. And so he gets out to check on her, I'm yeah. thinking and she embraces him and again like the my heart just sort of hurts for her like she was just so desperate for some sort of human interaction that she kind of starts to she tries to kiss him doesn't she yeah she's like rubbing herself on him and like stroking him and she tries to kiss him and he's like whoa why did you do that and he sort of gently uh rejects her yeah and then she and this movement came out of fucking nowhere she stabs him in the neck with a knife like yep. 
super quick. Yep. And you do wonder because she's kind of got one hand behind her back, like throughout a lot of this. You only ever see her like one hand, and I was like, okay, what has she got? But then the thing is, because at the beginning you see the axe stuck into the thing, and I'm like, there's no way, like a little old lady, like she couldn't carry that axe. So I'm like, I was confused. And then yeah, she pulls out. I can't remember it's a knife or like a big pair of like shears. I think I think it was a knife, but. Yeah. Something stabby. So, <laughs> so as he, she stabbed him in the neck and he kind of goes down. And so she straddles him, which is also obviously like foreshadowing from earlier. Like a lot of these repetitions in the movements. I mean, I just yeah. love, it, love it. So she gets on top of him and starts repeatedly stabbing in the neck, stabbing him in the neck, like so aggressively that the blood sprays up from his neck covering the headlights of the car i loved how they did that scene yep, i mean it's like blood everywhere <laughs> suddenly everything's cast in like this amazing red light and i love and then she like stands up and she's there like covered in blood and she stands up and she starts dancing in this like red light like in, she, the, in the moonlight yeah. yeah and in the red light in the car it's such a beautiful scene i yep. know that sounds fucked up but something about her dancing for me dancing is a very primitive primal thing that humans have been doing forever and i think that something about this murder made her feel alive yeah and so she and I, in my mind, I was envisioning that, like, she gets younger. I'm like, does she get younger in the moonlight after she kills people? I mean, obviously not. That's not what this movie, it's not like that, this movie. But, I mean, it almost felt that way. Because yeah. she was moving with more ease. And she was, yeah, she just seemed more spry, I guess you could say. So, anyway, eventually Lorraine, back into the, you know, barn. Lorraine notices that RJ's missing. And she goes looking for him. And Wayne helps her. And his little budgie smugglers. <laughs> he, he comes out and he's like, What are you doing, little church mouse? And she's like, Oh, RJ's missing. And he's like, Oh, he's probably just like, basically, he's butt hurt. She's like, Oh, I didn't want to hurt him. And he's like, Don't worry about it. He'll get over it. Like, you didn't do anything wrong. And she's like, Oh, please help me find him. Yeah. And so, Wayne, I've got like one piece of advice for you from my family in Kentucky never go in a barn barefoot yeah just, just don't do it i wouldn't so walk anyway. around anywhere in texas barefoot <laughs> that's probably a good shout but especially at a barn come on yeah. now use your brain so he which of course he's barefoot in a barn so of course he slips on a nail yeah so you have him like so they've kind of split up slightly so wayne goes into the barn like where the cows are to look for rj and Lorraine goes off and um, is like looking towards the house because that's where the van is. And Howard comes out and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to disturb you. Um, my boyfriend's missing. And she's, he's like, oh, have you seen my wife? And she's like, no. So then we go back to the barn and yeah, you see Wayne walking, like shouting, thinking that RJ's in there. Like, this isn't the way to do this, man. Like, you know. Yeah. Max, uh, and you see this like bit of wood with a nail sticking out just on the floor and we're like at the angle like with this in the foreground and Wayne walking towards us and I'm like no 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 can't watch and it happens full on yeah, of course it does and we're meant to believe he's a fucking cowboy mm. they were in Yellowstone they would never go barefoot in a barn anyway <laughs> so as he's he steps on the nail and he's like oh I need help oh he's got a light or something like that mm-hmm I don't know, but then he he hears something, doesn't he? And he goes yeah. to look through like a hole in the There's these little holes in the wall, and he sees like a light or something. So I think he yes, thinks, that was it. Yeah, so he goes. He's like crawling because his foot's 
you know, he puts bleeding everywhere. He's pulled a nail out of his foot and he's looking through this, these holes and you don't see anything at first. And then all of a sudden you see like from the side view. So you've got the, the wood and then the side view of his face and these prongs basically come through the, the holes into his eyes and straight into his head. He pitchforks him in the head. Through a wall. Through a wall. I mean, I'm here for it. Yeah. I love an inventive kill. And yep. he gave me a barn. I mean, you better use some of those barn accessories. <laughs> barn accessories. Barn implements. Yes. <laughs> That's probably the better word. But, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So he says... Oh, then you kind of flash back to Lorraine and the old man. And he is like what well, he's going to get a light or something and he's no, so talking he, of... he, wa he wants another light he's, he's only got one and he wants another one for lorraine he's like oh can you go down to the cellar to get a light for me and she's like oh like, please my wife is old and very you know very sick i'm worried she might fall and break her hip and more so lorraine, foreshadowing more yeah, foreshadowing yeah like, oh, okay and i'm like don't go in the fucking cellar don't do it oh that's right he asks her to go down to get the light yeah. right yeah she goes down finds the light and when she comes back up shock horror the door's locked yes and so, then you yeah. discover that there is a, a corpse in there yep rotting because yep. at first i thought the corpse was wayne and that somehow they dragged the body down there but then i realized the body was like super rotted and yeah. it couldn't possibly be wayne yeah. and it was it's a stranger yeah it's some guy and they've like pulled his jeans down so he's like cocks all there like it's very odd really quick did, did this sort of change the game for you because to me it changed the game from this is an opportunistic scenario with these people to this is something that they do regularly howard yep. and pearl so yeah i'm super keen your thoughts on this later i'll we'll come back to it but yeah because that that changed it for me as soon as i realized that wasn't wayne and it was a stranger i was like oh okay because i kind of felt like it was a one-off like mm -hmm. oh we've got this group of blaspheming you know sinners yep. in our house and i'm feeling lonely and rejected aka pearl um i'm gonna act out on those feelings or is this something that's like happens all the time i guess it does so anyway jackson wakes back to the barn jackson wakes up and he knows something is up i also have here in my notes his dick is massive did it show his dick or am i just I don't remember. Am I just like <laughs> jotting down like what I'm thinking? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could see the outline of it in the bed sheets or something. Oh, maybe. I'll have to rewind. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, I have to go back and check. I'm out like wondering why that's in my notes. Like, because I'm like, you know, <laughs> there's no full frontal here. Like, what's what's going on? Yeah, Jackson wakes up, and and also at this point, you're kind of wondering where is Maxine because Maxine is missing. Not yet. No, she's still. Well, back. not missing, but I'm wondering, like, where oh, is yeah, she? Oh, yeah, we haven't this time? seen her. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen her. Yeah, we see. And it's like, because like, yeah. everybody else is slowly waking up and looking for the others, and this whole time, like, I guess Maxine's just sleeping through it. But I don't so know how it that much blow, but <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised she sleeps ever. So then the lady is. Oh, the, oh, this scene. Oh, 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 yeah. So the old lady comes into the barn. Well, not yet. So now we've got Jackson up and he it's like something ain't right and he sees Howard outside and Howard's like I need help finding my wife and Jackson's like yep once a marine always a marine I'll help so he goes off so now the only people left in the boarding house is Bobby Lynn who has gone back to sleep and Maxine 
So this is where we see Maxine's asleep. So yeah, at this point, everybody's gone, apart from the two girls. And so you see Pearl. And actually, do you even see her or is it a POV shot? I can't remember. No, no, you see you see her suddenly appear and she's like stood at the side of the bed and Maxine's like sleeping in just like a thong, like pants, I think. And, and, and Pearl really slowly pulls the blanket off to look at her body. And then she takes off her nightdress and she very slowly gets into bed next to Maxine. And starts touching her. Yeah, well, yeah, we, yeah, we kind of, they get into, she gets into bed with her and then we go back to Howard and Jackson. Um, who are by the lake. And, and is this where, I think Jackson finds a car in the swamp. Like yeah, so they, just, they decide to split up. Well, Howard wants them to go together and Jackson's like, no, like, no offense, old man. Like, you know, I did these two, two tours in Vietnam. I Let me go this way. You go that way. We'll cover more ground. So they go off and then we go back and yeah, we see Pearl touching Maxine and obviously she's got bloody hands from killing Wayne. Because we see her go into the barn and finish Wayne off with Pitchfork. So and cover him with hay. Blood, covered in blood. And she's like s- stroking Maxine and smearing blood all over her. And in the background, like really, like almost like distorted and quietly, we have some of like the, the sex noises from earlier, from when Maxine's seen earlier playing. And it's like, is it Pearl? Like almost, is she like touching herself? She's obviously getting some sort of pleasure from, from touching Maxine. I think it's in her head. Yeah. And this is again why I think she was actually physically there at the window and she could yeah. hear it. And so she is remembering like those sounds and again, like becoming aroused by them. I mean, we, and again, like this is part of the reason I wanted to watch this movie with you so bad because there's so much to discuss, but it's this idea that our sexuality fades and dies and I, as we get older. And I don't necessarily think that's completely true. Yes, maybe your drive you're not like as you're not the same as when you were younger, your sex drive certainly declines, but that need to be desired and to want physical affection. I don't think that ever fades. Yeah. So yeah. And then back. So this is all kind of intercut with Jackson in the swamp and he sees a light. Yeah. He finds, this is where he finds the car. Like you said before, he finds and it's like a, like a beetle, like an old BW beetle in the lake. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And then you kind of think, okay, like, and then for me, I'm like, oh, this is that guy, the dead guy's car. In the basement, yeah. Mm. Like, hidden it. And yeah, like, so he sees, like, a a light, and he's like, oh, shit, what's that? And he goes, and he finds, like, Howard's torch, like, in the lake, and he's like, shit, the old man's fallen in. So at this point, he's, like, in the water, and I'm like, great, the gators are going to get him. Um, it's like, just like it's just so obviously a trap yeah you're just like no jackson you didn't survive two rounds in vietnam just for this yeah exactly to get killed by like gators in a lake in texas but he gets out and he thought and he finds howard and he's like oh um i was really worried about you like she's not here i thought you'd like fallen in and i can't remember what howard says something about once a soldier, always a soldier or something, and then shoots him with the rifle. Point blank in the chest, so that Jackson kind of like goes flying backwards into the swamp. And while this is happening, you kind of flash over to Lorraine in the basement, and she's trying to get out, trying desperately to get out, and finds a hatchet. She finds an axe, yeah. And chops her way through the door, which is totally giving me The Shining. Um, what annoyed me with this bit though is you know she like there's like two panels in the door and she wants to get to the lock to unlock it but she chops away the, the furthest one and then can barely like barely reach like surely you would chop down the panel closest to the lock she wasn't thinking she was panicked <laughs> <laughs> she was she's not thinking straight <laughs> so 
Then you've got... So she's trying to unlock the door. So she puts her hand through and she's trying to unlock the door. Um, and then Howard appears and smashes her hand with like a hammer or something. Or like the end, the end of the rifle. And he's like, I told you just to be quiet. Like get back down in the cellar, basically. She's there and her hands all like smashed up and bloody. And she's like properly freaked out at this point. And then we flash back to Maxine who wakes up. She's rolled over and she wakes up and she's like face to face with, with Pearl. And she wakes up and she starts screaming. So Bobby, like Bobby Lynn wakes up and was like, what the hell? Realizes like Howard's not there. Uh, not Howard. Jackson's not there. And she runs through to Maxine's room. And as she's doing it, she sees Pearl, like a naked Pearl, just like shuffle off. <laughs> and she's like, what? And, and she runs in and Maxine's like, she was in my, in my bed. She was touching me. She was touching me. And they're sort of comforting each other. Yeah. Like, I think Bobby Joe, Bobby, Bobby Lynn, Lynn. she's freaked out too, for sure. Yeah. And she realized she's like, I need to go and find everybody. So she's like, wraps herself in a blanket and she goes, she's wandering around, like shouting for like Jackson. And she sees, she walks past like the dock on the lake and she sees Pearl. Oh, yeah. Because that's right. Because she just realized everyone's missing. Because I completely yeah. forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So... She's trying to find everybody. And she sees Pearl stood on the edge of this dock, completely naked. And she's like, oh no, oh no, like stay away from there. It's dangerous and she runs up to it and she's so nice and she's like you know my nana gets confused too i know all about it like believe it or not i you know i i, I was kind of thinking of being a nurse and she wraps pearl in the blanket and pearl smacks her and she's like what was that for she, i don't need no nurse I, and bobby lynn's like well fine you know i was just trying to help and she was like oh you know basically like calling her a whore and flaunting you know walking flaunting around and bobby lynn's like stands up for herself and she's like look you know why should I be ashamed of, of of who I am and what I want just because your life didn't turn out the way you wanted it to? And then she's like, you mean old, and she's going to call her a bitch, and Pearl just shoves her in the lake. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. bitch. And then as she goes in, obviously you just see suddenly her head pops above the water and then these gators just come, jump out the water and just like chomp on her head. And all you see after that is I get pulled under the water and all this blood. And it's like, oh, Bobby Lynn, you deserve so much more than that. So true, but it did make me wonder how many people have they killed yeah, by I feeding did. them to the yeah. gators? Yeah. yeah, got rid of the bodies. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then you have Howard who finds Pearl in the barn, which is at this point empty, uh, except for Maxine. Yeah, Maxine's is... hiding. She sees them coming, and she 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 runs off and she hides. And Pearl and her husband, they have a little chat about killing everyone. <laughs> yeah, because Howard's, you know, like, oh, that was one alive for you in the cellar. Um, so there's only, like, two left. And then Pearl's like, no, I killed, you know, one of them in the barn. Yeah. And he's like, all oh, right, okay. And then she's just, and she's like, no, um, the one I want still alive. She's the one. She's got something special about her. And then she's, like, sitting there and she's like, tell me I'm you know beautiful and that you still want me and he's like oh you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen and she's like not anymore and he's like still and she's just like I just want to feel young again and he's like but what if my heart can't take it she's like it will and so they have sex yeah she's I think she even says she's like touch my touch my yeah she yeah she takes she's naked and she puts his hands on like her breasts and is like you know touch me and kiss me and they have sex and Maxine's under the bed and this having... scene, this scene was like horrifying. Was also funny in a way. Was also distressing. Like on the one hand, you're like, "Yes, Pearl, get some girl," and then on the other hand, you're thinking, "Like the bed sinks so low when yeah. they both get on it that, and with Maxine underneath, it's like 
almost touching her. And so then they start going at it. And while that's happening, she takes advantage of the moment to sneak away. I mean, this was like high, high intensity for me. I'm like, come yeah. on, Maxine, you can do it. <laughs> Slide away. She like slides across the floor. She does. Um, yeah. And you hear and you hear like Pearl saying, you know, like, fuck me, Howard, fuck me. And yes, she escapes and she's running towards the van and she hears Lorraine screaming for help. So she runs into the house and Lorraine's there and she lets Lorraine out. But Lorraine's, she's like, come on, we need to stick together. And Lorraine's like, no, this is all your fault. Don't forget, she also stopped at the car on the way into the house and pulls the gun out of the... Yeah, she pulls the gun out of the glove compartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she runs in and she lets Lorraine out. And Lorraine has just full on lost it at this point. She's just like, I hate you. This is all your fault. I hate you all. Um, and she's a dumb bitch, basically. Yeah. Maxine's like, no, we've got to stick together. We've got to escape. We've got to get to the, to the we've got to find And the also keys. be fucking quiet. But no, yeah. no, no. Lorraine no. goes running out the door just straight away and immediately gets shot. Yeah. And it is like a full on, like, bang, she's down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then as howard and pearl are sort of standing over her she like makes a gurgling sound which startles howard so badly that he has a heart attack and probably yeah. that uh sex that he just had might not have helped either, yeah so. but i love this thing because yeah he's like dragging her like back into the house pulling her body and she gurgles and yeah scares him to death he's having a heart attack and pearl's like howard howard and gets on the floor trying to help him and maxim takes advantage of this and she pulls the gun her little handgun out onto Pearl and she's like and Pearl's like help him he's having a heart attack and she's like I don't fucking care she grabs the <laughs> where, keys where as well the keys? yeah and, and Pearl's like they're in the thing so she like goes to get them and she's walking towards her uh Pearl's trying to get past her to get to the truck and Pearl's like basically like oh you're not a star you're nothing you know you'll lose it all eventually too it'll all be taken away from you um, and and don't forget that the tv is going and so this scene is kind of being intercut with the preacher that's yep. we kind of seen like throughout the film you know lecturing giving a sermon whatever so she points the gun like maxine points the gun at pearl and but when she goes to shoot realizes that's not loaded yep and it clicks and pearl takes full advantage of this point to grab the shotgun and fire it because that is loaded so yeah um, the rifle she takes the yeah, rifle she takes the rifle she shoots she goes to shoot maxine maxine ducks but the blast from the shotgun fires pearl out of the door yeah so the, the kick the kickback yeah. is so strong that yeah it shoots pearl backwards where she breaks her hip yep so maxine gets up <laughs> and she's like like walking to the truck and pearl's like oh my hip <laughs> i know you shouldn't laugh but it's I mean, it's yeah. kind of like righteous poetic justice in a way. Yeah. So she, but Maxine gets in the truck and fucking runs over her head. Well, she wasn't going to. She was just going to like pull away. But then Pearl still shouting at her. She's like, you're a whore. Yeah. Like everyone's going to know what you are. So yeah, she just reverses and she full on reverses over Pearl's head and explodes it. And then she sits there and she's like, gets out, you know, gets out the blow. Yeah, one Rack, last one line on her hand that says, I do not accept a life I do not deserve. One last blow break before we, yep. you know. And yeah, away she goes. And as she's riding off, you kind of pan back to the preacher who's talking about like his daughter who's left to go live in sin. And you learn that the daughter of the preacher is Maxine. Yep. And I did think this was a little strange. Like, okay, now I know that there's a prequel, a sequel. Okay, so that makes a little more sense why this was so driven home. 
but mm -hmm. okay. And then you've got the police arriving and, and as we said at the beginning, like the film is framed or it's bookended rather, like at the beginning and the end by this police. And so he finds the camera and one of the other policemen's like, what do you think's on that camera? And the, the deputy answers, he's like, one goddamn fucked up horror picture. Yeah. And then it, it flashes up with the X rating. But it's like just before that, like one of them says like to the sheriff, what do you think happened here, sheriff? He's like, how the hell would I know? And then the other one walks up with the camera. I love the sheriff. No, it was brilliant. And so, yeah, loads of super interesting things to discuss. Like, firstly, I love the fact that the virgin, well, none of them are virgins, but the good girl dies. And one, I mean, I guess they're all like, They've all, they're all now point, porn stars, but... This is the thing that Wayne says to RJ. When Lorraine says she wants to be in the movie and RJ's getting really wound up about it, Wayne takes him outside and he's like, RJ's like, you need to back me up in there. She's not like the others. She's a good girl. And Wayne looks at him and he's like, no, I didn't mean it like that. And Wayne's like, let me tell you one thing. There's no, like None of them are good girls. None of them are nice girls, sorry. None yeah. of them are nice girls. <laughs> but even still, Church Mouse dies, and the, the star of the porn worlds, like Maxine, seemingly, like, there is no virgin horror here. And I really oh. loved that. Um, and also, I gotta love Maxine as a final girl, 100%. So, I mean, I, I stick with my rating of four and a half. I, I guess now I'm sort of thinking, like, why wouldn't I give it five, maybe? Um, so... My issues, as I was thinking about it, was that when I watched this last night, I felt like, oh, you know, I felt like it was quite a, I don't know, it felt like quite a feminist film. Now I'm not so sure thinking about it. Because Mia Goth, who plays Maxine, also plays Pearl. Well, I had issue with that, personally. Because yeah. why wouldn't you just cast an older actress? Yeah. And so much of the film, it felt a little bit like hagsploitation-y, where... Yes, I thought that as like, well. It's like a lot of the... Before the actual killings start, or even after they do, really, like so much of Pearl was... When we got past, like, just the sadness, a lot of it was like... she, You know, she was framed to be kind of monstrous but not because necessarily she was killing people, just the fact that she was old, you know, like her body was all like sagging and it's like, so what, as women get older, we become monstrous because we, you know, we lose our sex appeal, I guess. Or, or just something to be pitied. Yeah, but, but, but the whole thing is like the whole thing when Max, uh, when Pearl gets into bed with Maxine, and you know it's supposed to be like this like horror that oh my god this horrible old lady is like like this horrible monster is but touching wait, her. Wait, don't you feel like to me it would be anyone touching me in my bed? Like it doesn't necessarily. Yes, that, that would be horrible. I think it was the fact that the fact that she got in and like she was taking her clothes off, and we had all these parallels between Maxine's body and Pearl's body, and it's like well, so what? You know, Maxine. So basically, she's beautiful. Mia Goth is beautiful when she's playing Maxine, but then when they cover her in prosthetics to make her like an old lady, suddenly she becomes like horrific to look at and like monstrous and terrifying. And so much of like the, I don't know, like so many of the ways that they framed her, especially in those kind of scenes, were just made me think. That's what I was thinking about. It made me feel quite uncomfortable that 
we still haven't got this past this whole oh you know women are women become it's all like going back to you know like barbara creed and the monstrous feminine and things like that it's like why do we become something monstrous when we're no longer desired by men well and not only that but why is a female's relationship to another female um in this instance where there's yeah. an age gap one of envy and where you're coveting that youth because yeah. i don't that that was her one sole motivation and her kind of one personality trait that we gave yeah. her all that she just longed for her youth and she longed to she be touched mad and, them. and that was it like yeah. there was nothing more so she, complex she than even that. said either maxine or bobby lynch like are oh, walking around like flaunting yourself in front of me and it's like wait like i don't know the more I thought about it, the more it kind of annoyed me. No, and think... it's problematic, I think, a little bit. Um, but it also, I think, depends somewhat in how in how you're taking it and how you're viewing mm. it. Um, I think that this is partially maybe why you have this idea that is Pearl like a killer? And what is her motivation for killing? Because then I'm thinking about the gators. Mm -hmm. uh the car the guy in the basement what's the mo here what are they doing and then when howard says i left one for you there's one in the basement what's what are they doing to them yeah. do they enjoy killing is it about the sex was maxine the first victim that she was that she became sexually attracted to or envious of specifically for her looks like what yeah yeah what else is like, going on here and that part was left really unexplained yeah, you. I'm. Uh, it's maybe one to watch the the prequel Pearl, where we have again Mia Goth playing Pearl, which I get that maybe he planned that all along, which is why she played both characters. But I still think you could have had a real a real woman playing Pearl, not just making like a making young a movie person monster. in yeah. prosthetics. Yeah, it's I like making agree. a monster out of. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't give it five stars as well, yeah. because I was thinking, I was thinking about it more from a casting point of view, like mm -hmm. why it's ageist in a sense to cast a younger person and age them, as opposed to just casting a fully capable older actress. Yeah. I would probably like, relish this role. Exactly. And it's like, wait, so did they not do that because they didn't want or they didn't either they didn't think an older actress would want to do like the sex scenes and be naked or did they not want to see did they was the thought of having a real woman a real elderly woman naked and having sex scenes was that too grotesque for them right and again going back to what you said before like is it that this older woman's body and her physical you know what she looks like her aesthetics so horrifying and monstrous that that in and of itself becomes a, a part of of what's terrifying you part yeah. of what's scary and that is problematic 100 when again going back to how much of our value is based on what we look like yeah and so i do think parts of that were um approached with sensitivity and sort of a, a questioning minds like a curious mind but this is why i also said at the beginning i feel like he touched on certain super complex topics and did not really dig deep enough into them and th yeah. and this was kind of part of my issue with the film but i mean those sort of things aside and it is kind of a big thing so i can see why you've gone to four i can see yeah. that but i i feel like it just when i was watching it i thought it was scary 
it was campy and funny and fun and entertaining. And I genuinely really, really had a good time watching it. So this is why I feel like I rated it as high as I did. And then that's not to say anything about the creative shots. Um, you know, the use of like split screen and 70s kind of effects, the music, and I don't mean the soundtrack like the songs, but the incidental music. I thought oh, a lot of yeah, the, the the actual like soundtrack, not the, again, like not the songs, but the actual soundtrack to the film was incredible. Everything yeah. like I literally I gave it. I think it's one of the first films apart from maybe like, you know, obviously my favorites like the exit. Like the classics. That I've given, yeah. yeah, that I've given five pentacles, uh, pentagrams straight out the gate. But it's mm. only on like thinking about it a little bit over the past, you know, 24 hours that I'm like, okay, although I loved it and I do, I do highly recommend it. I do think everybody should watch it. It's a great film. There are some issues. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And, and it kind of, makes you wonder as well when you have a male director and a male writer um how much thought did they give to that idea you know yeah. i don't the monstrous feminine is not um something he would be unfamiliar with so no. yeah yeah but yeah i agree with you and it but it does make it does make for interesting conversation about the intersection intersectionality is that a word of sort of ageism feminism um gender roles all of those things which which is why i so badly wanted to do this film because i really wanted to hear your thoughts about about it <laughs> yeah it's, i i kept meaning to watch it but then it just you know life got in the way but now i really want to watch pearl Yes, I want to watch Pearl too. And actually, I was going to suggest as one of our next series, I'm thinking maybe in February, I wanted to do like a sequel series. Okay. So Pearl is more of like a prequel, but I was thinking like, will this be the time when we watch Friday the 13th part two and, and things okay. like that, where we've talked about sequels, because the more I think about it, the more I think I've not even seen that one alongside many other sequels because I'm a snob and I immediately assume that they're not going to be as good, which is bullshit. Uh, Look at Friday Aliens. Part two and three, I would say, are better than Friday the 13th. Completely. And so I need to just stop being such a snob. But mm -hmm. we'd love to know what you guys would like us to cover this year. Um, I think I'm going to start putting up like polls and things on Instagram and Facebook and you can post them on twitter on as twitter. well maybe caitlin see what films we should cover because yeah like we could cover anything but we get so kind of i don't know well we get caught up in the ones that we want to watch yeah and which is easily done yeah we're like yeah like you said we're super keen to find out what everybody else wants us to watch let 2023 be the year of engagement yes we would love to hear from you more this year so um yeah rate review subscribe send kisses and uh until next time brothers keg take us out bye bye, bye.